How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 139 of Master McGarden Podcast. Now, this week's episode, we're looking at uh, the subject of, I suppose, so- sowing perennial seeds at this time of the year. And I think, obviously, we've covered, you know, the sowing of our edible seeds for the last few months at the start of every month, and we talk about what we can sow. And as I said, last last month or the start of August, it, it you know, it's getting to the time of year where that list on the edible side is reducing quite a lot. And I suppose there's a few things that that means in terms of, you know, your polytunnel. Firstly, you're going to probably have a bit of space in your potting and your your propagation area. And, you know, that space should be, you should utilize it at this time of the year and there's a great opportunity to utilize it. And that's why we're going to talk about, you know, perennial seeds. And there's a hell of a lot of seeds we can still sow from now to the back end of the year. Obviously, perennial borders and perennials have become hugely popular over, over the last number of years. Perennial borders, obviously, because they're giving you just such a such a huge, I suppose, display of color. Um, and within perennials, there's so many different styles, sizes, heights, colors, shades, and the list, and I suppose the possibilities for mixing and matching and color schemes is just endless. So it's easy to see why people love perennials. But if you go to create a perennial border yourself, you know, from scratch tomorrow, it's surprising how many plants you need because generally perennial borders are packed tight. So when one one flower stops, the other one is, you know, sort of coming through and you don't see the, you know, the the leaves and the the fading back of a flower as much because the the next thing has popped up and is, you know, distracting your eye, I guess. And so that is that is the key with perennial borders is to pack them tight. And I suppose because of that, then you need just a lot of plants to, I suppose, create a really beautiful perennial border. Now, obviously, you can mix annuals through that as well to give you that extra pop of color. And, you know, there's other ways of doing it. But typically speaking, perennial borders are packed tight. There's lots of ways of propagating them. You know, you can, a lot of them can be divided. A lot of them you can take cuttings from. Um, you know, so there's lots of ways once you have that stock established in your garden of increasing it and adding, you know, extra borders or moving plants elsewhere. There's ways of doing it once you establish your original stock. But a really good way at this time of the year, as I say, is sowing seed. And the reason it's it's such a good time of the year, number one, as I said, because your, your potting and your propagation area is probably relatively empty at this time of the year. You might have a small bit of edge going on. You might be doing a few cuttings at this time of the year. But typically, you know, if you look around people's, you know, people's home, polytunnel or glass house, typically they're full with plants, but the propagation area can be can be not much happening there at this time of the year. So it's a great time to utilize it. And if you think about it from, you know, the perspective of timing, so this episode goes out last week of uh, August, which actually is quite hard to believe when you think about it. It only seems like yesterday that we were gearing up uh, early in the year for, you know, sowing seed and talking about those type jobs. And now we're at the end of August and the year just seems to have whizzed by. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible actually that it, it is the end of August, but the point I'm making is that um, 
you know, the month of September is typically a good month weather-wise. You get relatively long days, although the evenings are closing in quite quickly. You still get, you know, a good period of sunshine during the day. Temperatures are quite good. And the same is true for, I suppose, most of October or certainly the first two to three weeks of October. And, you know, as I say, you're getting longish days. And so that gives you a great opportunity to propagate seed because you have the temperature, you have relatively long days and your benches are, are somewhat empty. So great time to sow seed. You get, you get really good germination. Another really strong advantage of this time of the year is that you can, I suppose, almost neglect them a little bit. You know, you don't have to be as on top of your game and looking at them every single day as you would in the springtime because I suppose they're going to have less of a demand for for water. You can ignore them a little bit more. And not totally, obviously, but you can be a little bit a little bit more relaxed with it and you'll still be very successful. And as I said, there's a wide range of perennials. There's you know any amount of type, colors, varieties, and so on. But to, to kind of put a bit of a list on it, I'm going to talk about 10 perennials. Some of them are not 100% strictly perennials, but the majority of them are, are perennials that you can sow now. They're all really easy, so there's you know you're not going to have any real issue sowing any of these or being successful with any of these. And then you'll have a nice little seedling that can be potted on, hopefully in a month's time or six weeks' time, get it into a nice free-draining um, growing media. And that plant will grow on another little bit in the back end of the year, in the autumn time. And then it'll, it'll be nice and hardy over winter. Once we get our decent temperatures and sunlight in the springtime, it'll grow quite vigorously. And then you'll have a really strong plant ready to go into your perennial border next sort of April time, May time when the frosts have passed. And so it's a great time of the year to do this. A lot of the nurseries will grow their seed at this time of the year. And I know a lot of them will do it in the, you know, in the, in the old way where you sow a seed tray. You leave it outside in either a cold frame or sometimes they just leave it under a, a covered area. Um, so that's, you know, you don't have to have a greenhouse for doing this. You have polytunnel or glasshouse. You don't have to have that. You can do that very, very simply with, you know, a covered area outside, such as a cold frame or even more basic than that, a sheltered spot with just a little bit of a shelter over it, something that, you know, like a netting over it, that it's not getting the full brunt of, you know, heavy downpours or, or bad weather. And seed will germinate in, in that's in that setup, or a lot of them will. So I suppose the steps that we'll need and the things that we'll need to do this, few things at this time of the year, you will try and use for both the, the seed sowing mix and the the mix that you're going to pot on those seedlings into you. Have them a little bit free draining at this time of the year. So have, you know, add in a bit of horticultural grit, sharp sand or perlite into it. And that'll just make the compost a little bit or the, the growing media a little bit freer draining. Um, what you don't want at this time of the year is, is a heavy wet compost because when that gets cold or when the temperatures start to drop, it will just be a lot colder and you just don't get the same sort of root growth. And the plants just don't like being sitting in kind of cold damp growing media so compost 
you know, whether that's a seed sowing compost or whatever you're using and just mixing through, you know, a little bit of, as I say, sharp sand, horticultural grit or perlite through it. So using seed trays, pots or anything that you have, any sort of container that you have, and then getting ready afterwards to pot them on into a similar type mix. So a mix with, you know, maybe some topsoil, like the mix we were talking about last week, some topsoil, um, some well-rotted farmyard manure, and then some horticultural grit and a bit of peat. And so that'll be a nice, wholesome, free-draining growing media to plant on into. And that, that'll be, that'll mean you'll have great plants next spring. So cold frame, just, for anyone like if, if you're if you don't have a greenhouse or a glasshouse or a polytunnel, a cold frame is such a simple and worthwhile thing to put together. You can put it together for, you know, you can you can buy them obviously, and um, they're inexpensive. You can put one together really simply using, you know, cavity blocks, making a rectangular shape, and getting a, a lid that you can lift up and down or take on and off, and a lid can be. It can be a glass lid or it can be a polycarbonate lid or a kind of PVC, like a polytunnel cover type lid. And essentially what that will do is it'll heat up the inside in the, in the cold frame. And another good layer to put under that then is a, a netting layer of some sort. So either a bio netting that we speak about when we're growing vegetables or a netting, you know, just as simple as the shelter netting that you'd see. And what that'll do is if you are taking off your glass or your polycarbonate lid, this netting will just mean that if you've got a heavy downpour or anything that you're just not getting, the, the little seedlings are just not getting battered with really heavy wind and rain. And it just gives them that little bit of protection within there. They're already getting somewhat protected within the, the cold frame anyway, but just the netting on top stops that really heavy downpours on top of them. And as I say, that's how a lot of the nurseries will grow at this time of year will grow their perennial seedlings and really easy for you to do at home so to go through a list of of as i say predominantly perennials uh, the majority of these i have grown already myself one or two of them i haven't but will be grown this autumn and these are you know these are all going to be plants that i'll have for the garden next spring so the first one on the list then is foxgloves, and these are, I suppose they're not strictly perennials, they're they're more biennials, but they're a great plant to, to sow at this time of the year, the back end of the year. And if you sow them now, you know, you'll have a nice plant going into the springtime and they'll grow on strong and hopefully then you'll get flower in, you know, next summer. And that's one I'll definitely be sowing. Like typically, obviously, we all know the the pink one that's native to Ireland here, but there's lots of other ones then as well, sort of variations of that and different tints. And you know, there's white ones or there's you know, there's different types of ones. And these are really loved by pollinators. They absolutely go mad for them, and they're as I say, one of the most beautiful beautiful flowers on the border typically they like damper soil uh, but they'll do reasonably well in most soils not not a really dry soil but yeah most soils but their ideal location is sort of damp dampish ground and that's one i'll definitely be sowing again i had great success sowing it uh, i actually spring sowed it the last time the problem with spring sowing is that you've just a really long wait on it so um, that's why i'm having to go now at the autumn sowing on that 
The next one on the list is Agelia. And I have, again, I've sold a couple of days before, I've sold uh, a yellow one called Yellow Queen. That's really nice. And I've also sold Nora Barlow. And Nora Barlow is, it has a white outer petal. So on a, on a flower, the outer petals are white. And then the inner ones are pink with a kind of a white tip on it. And it's a really interesting looking flower. Now, both of these have grown really, really well from seed. Again, I spring sowed it the last time, but I'm hoping autumn sowing it will just give me another chance to get more of these plants and have, I suppose, a stronger plant going into next year. Agelias generally will, generally will self-seed anyway. So there's going to be lots of opportunity to, I suppose, pull up seedlings and, and pot them on. But at the moment, because they're only new into the garden, there's none of that really happening yet. So that's definitely one I'd be sowing as well is Agelia. Um, next one on the list is Hardy Geraniums. And this is the one on the list that I have never sown before. But Hardy Geraniums are, I suppose, most people will have them or most people will be aware of them. There's some superb varieties within that. There's the one that everybody knows, Geranium Roseanne, which is you know, plant of the century, but there's also, you know, lots of other ones. They're typically pinks, purples, blues, and whites, um, or mostly pinks, purples, blues, and then occasionally you get a white one. But the pinks, the purples, the blues, and various shapes, uh, shades of that, and then various habits of growth. Some of them are quite floppy, more, some of them are more ground hugging. And so there's lots of, lots of different ones. You can get some, some of them with really interesting foliage as well. Some of them with kind of dark uh, bronze foliage and some of them with just, you know, green foliage with nice you know, kind of markings on the leaves. And so that some of the leaves can look interesting as well. As I say, I've never grown hardy geraniums from seed. I'm told it's relatively easy. So I'm going to give that as go as well. Um, haven't got my seed yet, but I will do over the next week or two. And I'll definitely be sowing it this autumn. Then the next one on the list is Rudbeckia. I have grown these from seed. They've been really successful. I suppose the one that everyone knows is Goldstrom. And it's a really, they're, they're in flower now. We're at the end of August. They're in flower now. Really standout flower. Uh, really vibrant, vibrant color with a nice looking eye on them. And the other thing that I didn't know until last year was that the goldfinches absolutely love them if you allow them to, to, to go to seed and dry out. I didn't save the seed from the last year I was going to, but then, as I say, there was a whole bunch of goldfinches on the Monday, so just left them at it. And uh, I've gone and I've bought some seed, a different variety, to, to sow this year. Um, that's Wellrock growing. You can also divide those afterwards as well to get the plants into other areas. And then next one on the list is Achillea. I've grown two different types of Achillea previously and both of them are beautiful but one of them in particular one called Cerise Queen that one is a really is a really vibrant Cerise color and has performed brilliantly here definitely going to sow it again I have lots of it already probably you know don't need a huge amount more but I'm going to sow it because it was just so easy and the other one was a Colorado mix or yeah it was a mix of colors so it was a white a pink um, a cerise, not quite as dark as the cerise queen, but a cerise in it, and really, really easy to grow, and high germination rates with those. So another easy one to grow. So that's um, foxgloves, agelia, achillea, 
Rebecca, hardy geraniums. Next one on the list is heuchera. And again, this is one I haven't grown. So there's two on the list that I haven't grown previously. So heucheras, they do flower, they, but typically these are grown for their foliage. So they, they tend to have bronze, you know, that bronze purple kind of color in the leaf. And they're quite standout from that perspective. Now, the majority of them will have, you know, little small white flower stalks or sometimes pink flower stalks. But I think mostly it's the leaf that they're grown for classified as a perennial but they're they're i think they're really nice planted in clumps and and as i say it's it's more the foliage than the flower that that stands out here and so i'd be going growing that one i suppose some of the the ones that people know are palace purple but i probably won't grow that one it's common enough i'd probably have a look and see if i can get you know um a variety or two that maybe I haven't seen before, or maybe is a little bit different. And that's one I'd be growing as well as heucheras. Uh, the next one on the list, I suppose, is the most, in some ways, is the most uh, obvious uh, perennial. It's also probably the most common, and some people would feel it's a little bit old-fashioned. Having said all that, I don't think you can go without having lupins in a perennial border. Um, some people love them, some people hate them, and they are... You know, they're probably like they're around for a long time and, and people would have always grown them. And there's probably a reason for that. They are the simplest seed, you know, uh, perennials to grow from seed. As an example of that, I was in one of the, you know, the discount pound shop type things uh, a year or two ago. And there was a packet, there was packets of seed that had got somehow damaged. I don't know what was wrong. But anyway, there was packed the seeds for forget what it was 49 cent or 29 cent it was just so cheap it was ridiculous and there was a slight bit of damage on the pack but it wasn't they were fine they were still in date and all of that and so i bought them and sold them and it was 40 something lupins that i got from that little packet of seed i don't know how many was in it starting off but there was i would say hardly any fails they all went into the garden they all flowered. It was the Russell hybrids mix, which is not the most exciting mix, to be fair. There is, you know, the, the Russell hybrids mix. It's a very, very good plant, but in terms of colors, they're nice enough, but they're, they're not the most exciting. And I suppose a lot of people now are going for the single color lupins and they can look really well. So if you get a single, single color, like, you know, there's some lovely kind of dark red or violety colored ones. And I've seen those, um, you know, planted in blocks. So you might have a block and maybe 10 lupins together, all in the same color, and they look stunning. Lots of other colors. There's pretty much any color you want in a lupin, and you could do that in blocks. And as I say, a little bit, sometimes it's a little bit old-fashioned, but I think it's just one that you just cannot go wrong with, especially if you're, you know, new to this. You'll sow them, and I guarantee you'll be successful unless you completely forget about them for six months I don't think there's any way you can fail with lupin, so it's definitely one that's worth trying. Another one that I've grown some seed before, um, again, it's a very, very, I'm not going to use the word overused, but it's certainly used everywhere now as verbena boreensis. Um, today, driving out the gate at lunchtime, and uh, there's one or two verbena boreensis just inside the gate, they're gone really, really tall, taller than than they typically are for some reason. 
but they're really, really tall. And just as I went through the gates, there's about nine or ten butterflies on it. Like they're just they're a phenomenal plant for pollinators. They're really easy to grow. They, while you know, if you, when you look at them, they're these long stalks, and then at the top, uh, you know, a bunch of flower, and there's not a wild amount of flower on it. So, on the face of it, you think it's not that attractive. You know, it's not giving you the the massive big big impact of flower the way some of the other perennials would, and the stalk itself is you know quite unusual. It's a you know the shape of it and the feel of it even is a little bit unusual, but the flower when it's in a border and the way it's able to stand up above everything else and just be sort of dainty but loved by pollinators I think is what really makes it and as I say very very popular used in most perennial schemes these days particularly nice if mixed with grasses as well so that's a really easy one to grow uh, for being a boreensis and worth doing at this time of the year and the last one on the list I have grown from seed before very successfully, but I don't grow the plant anymore here because it's just too windy, to be honest, and that's delphiniums. So I've had some beautiful delphiniums here, had beautiful flowers from them, have done really well, but nine times out of ten, they just get battered um, with wind and they don't like rain too much. A little bit exposed here, not, not, not sheltered enough for them at the moment. So delphiniums is a really good one. And, you know, you can get them in, you know, whites and pinks and, but just watch that if you're, if you're on a really windy spot, they'll either need a lot of support or just, you might be better to avoid them and which is what I've done over the last while. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the 10. So you have your foxgloves, your gelias, achillea, delphiniums, rebeccia, geraniums, agastasia, heucheras, lupins and verbena, boreensis. And they're, as I say, they're not, that's not by any means the only list. There is thousands of perennials and lots of them that can be, can be sown from seed at this time of the year. But it's a great time of the year to take advantage of, you know, that sowing space that you might have and to get you ahead of yourself for next year in terms of flowering. There's other ones as well that I will be sowing. I'll be, I'll be sowing that for Baskin, that snowy, snowy spires. Had a video up of that a few weeks ago. Again, there was hundreds of bees on it. Uh, just seems to. I was surprised actually at how many bees went for that. So, so for Baskin is one I'll be I'll be sown. Might even get a couple of other varieties. Uh, I have a, an oranginum, the sea holly, which I'm going to sow in the next couple of weeks. That I, the reason I have I have that seed for a while, and I had uh, as I said when I had um, uh, June Blake on a couple of weeks ago. June, June was saying she grows it and I had avoided sowing that seed because I thought it, well, the instructions say it needs to go into a, a fridge for a few weeks and I kind of just had avoided the, the you know, kind of rigmarole of doing that. But according to June, you don't need to do that, that you can just sow it at this time of the year. So that's what I'm going to do. And fingers crossed on that one. You can also sow some hardy annuals at this time of the year, get them, you know, get them sown the back end of the year so that they have a head start for next spring again and you know things like sweet pea it's good to sow in the back end of the year uh, some of the scabiosis you can do at this time of the year some of the grasses um you know the the carex or carex or more sedge but those type uh, prairie fire carex pendulum uh, calamagratus you know any of them you can sow at this time of the year 
And as I say, you're, you're able to take advantage of the sort of warmish weather, relatively long, relatively long periods of sunlight. And then you're able to get your germination, get your potting on, and then you're ready to go and have a good hardy plant ready to grow strong in the springtime. So it's a great time of the year to do it. And uh, as I say, yeah, it's uh, it's something that I'll be doing and that I think anybody can have a go at because it's really, really simple. And I suppose other than that, you know, that's, as I said, the veg, the veg sowing has kind of wound down just a few bits and pieces that I will still be sowing and will continue to sow. But more or less, you know, that side of it has, has slowed down a little bit. And so it gives you the space to do, you know, to do these type of perennial sowings. Uh, other things at this time of year, obviously, were last week of August. And if it hasn't already, you know, flower bulbs are going to start appearing in all of your garden centers and so on. And I suppose over the next couple of weeks, there'll be, you know, there'll be a lot of talk about all the different bulbs and you know the nice varieties and so this and uh, lasagna planting and all of that and it's something that we might talk about maybe in an episode in a week or two but it's a good time of year to get out early and get particular varieties if there's something that you particularly want you know there's certain varieties that get snapped up every year and yeah if you if you, if you have something in mind get out early and get that the other thing to, to watch out for is as i say because of the dry weather i think you're starting to see a little bit of a, a autumnal look to some of the trees particularly there's a little bit of leaf drop and there's definitely a change in color on things like horse chestnuts already they're going quite brown so obviously the, the the stress of not having enough water over the last few months is starting to tell on them and as i said there's a an autumnal feel coming to some of the you know the, some of the, the hedgerows and trees and so on but with that, I suppose, what you'll start to see in gardens, and it's something that I know I've kicked myself over so many times at this time of the year, a little bit later, but when you start to see the really nice autumn colours coming through and there's certain shrubs that are just shrubs and trees that are fantastic for it. And every year I look at those in, in different people's gardens and say, I must get some of them. And... Uh, you know, have that autumn color and i have never done that apart from with the exception of a red oak tree which i love but other than that no i've never done that but it's a good time of year you know to start to add in those so that you're having that you know autumnal interest uh you know for years to come and yeah so like there's, there's still lots to be doing harvests are coming really ticking fast i don't know how anybody is you know getting on in terms of their harvest for me I know my tomatoes seem to take a long, long time to ripen this year. And now they have, and they're all, you know, they're ripening strong now. Nice, steady supply. As usual, have too many, but yeah, everything's going well there. Other crops coming in, you know, onions. My last sowing of onions is, I suppose, re almost ready to be harvested and definitely much more success from the onions that I sowed from seed. Than the ones from sets, so that's something I'll be I'll be doubling up on the, on next year, and uh, yeah, there's lots of harvest, and uh, yeah, it was just interesting that tomatoes just seem to take an age this year to ripen, and I don't know why. I do have a little bit of a gap in some of my salads because after being, I suppose, away on holiday and then the really dry weather, I was kind of a bit slow. I didn't sow coming up to holidays, and then after holidays, I didn't slow sow straight away either. So. I uh, have a little bit of a gap on a few things there at the minute, but more or less, 
everything that we want is coming from the coming from the garden now at the moment, which is great. But uh, yeah, there's uh, as I say, there's lots of jobs to be doing. Definitely the perennials is one. Uh, have a look for your bulbs, and uh, it gives you great color for for next spring. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much this week's episode. If you can at all, please share the podcast. If any of you are on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else, the more people that share it, the better. You know, if you can, if you can say something about the podcast, you know, on your social media, that'd be great. Just gets more and more people knowing about it, talking about it, telling people about it. And as I say, it's a, it's a great help to the show when, when more and more people find it. And I love getting messages from, from new listeners who have come across it and who are delving back through the old episodes to, I suppose, you know, see what it has all been about, but then afterwards getting the stories back from them of how it has helped them to, to create a new area in the bar, in their gardens or help them in some way. And that's what it's all about. So if you can at all, anyone that's on social media, please share what you're listening to. Tell people about it. It'd be a huge help and would be much appreciated. Uh, final thing just to mention, very good episode around this time last year, episode 87 on seed saving. And obviously that's very, very topical at the moment. So it's with Madeleine McKeever from Brown Envelope Seeds and talks all about how to save your own seeds and, you know, how to know which seeds to, to save, when to save them and all that sort of thing. So a really good episode and topical at this time of the year. It went out, I think, the first week of September last year. So very, very topical for this time of the year and definitely worth doing. So, yeah, that's pretty much everything I want to cover in this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.